are Locked on Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and we are giving you Minnesota Wild news and talkers on the daily. Hello, I'm your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, are you having a better week than NHL coaches? I do have a job, so yes, probably, <laughs> but I don't have seven figures in my bank account, so no. Okay. I don't yeah, think it's so. it's been quite the chopping block, crazy season for NHL coaches to be an NHL coach. It seems like they're, uh, you know, some of them had to get fired for absolutely good reasons, and others were, you know, mostly because <laughs> shooting percentage and goaltending was crap, but. Uh, you know, let's try a different guy out. Gone too soon. Let's pour out. Uh, let's pour one out for all of our PDO'd co- coaches. <laughs> but you know, they get they get their jobs back in like like two weeks now. Like the 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 turnover rate of them is is just like they might as well trade coaches at this point. Yeah, might as well just swap some picks, swap a coach. Why not? But one thing that uh, that I know that we are not the only ones. Uh, who have mentioned this, right? Bruce Boudreaux still standing strong for now, for now. But it does look like Bruce Boudreaux has as as more staying power than all the all the so-called experts said. <laughs> yeah, and I think what's really funny is we're gonna talk uh, some NHL All Star Game as part of our listener suggestion topic. Uh, we're actually gonna try to fix it. But speaking of NHL coaches, Gerard Gallant was let go on Wednesday in, I think, what was a surprise move. I think, yeah, more, I think it I think shocked was, everybody. Yeah, it was pretty shocking across the league. But he's also the Pacific Division head coach for the All-Star game. It's That's super funny, right? It's very John Scott of him. It's it's pretty great. Like, if he, because, uh, like, he's got he's to gotta go in there. And he's got to like look at like his 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 players, right? He's got to look at uh, I I can't remember who's there. Mark Andre Fleury, who got him fired by having such a bad save percentage. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if anyone else in in Vegas is there. I think Max Pacioretty might be there, and he had a good season so far. I think, mm-hmm. but but still, just like that's got to be awkward as hell, right? Oh, it's got to be incredibly awkward. I mean, at least Flurry might get an actual chance to say like, "Hey, sorry to you know to his face," rather than you know just having to deal with it through the media or something like that. And hey, I don't know because I don't know if we saw it this time, but did Gallant have to take a cab away from Ottawa? <laughs> like I, I did think the team would have had like wised up on on that, right? Like, uh, so. like we don't need this bad PR again. Like, send him there in a limo. Uh, send him there in uh in one of those don't do the self-driving cars those will those will not have a have a good fortunate ending but uh yeah like you, you gotta think that like they had to give him the most comfortable ride out of town right i i sure would hope so it uh the whole cab ride thing still absolutely just boggles my mind that you would treat an nhl coach like that and just dismiss him from the uh, from the arena but uh, in this case, it did you, was... Uh, did you read the Mike Yo story that came out this week on The Athletic? I have not read it yet. I have flipped through it, and it, it talks about, like, 
a lot of like the the mistakes that he like he's looking back at his tenure in Pitts or uh not Pittsburgh uh in St. Louis and mm-hmm. just kind of like okay here are the mistakes that I made this was really hard to to watch St. Louis go to the Stanley Cup but my favorite nugget of that is one of uh one of Mike Yo's uh biggest regrets do you want to know what it is it, Oh I I think I know what this is but it was the the blow up on the ice at during practice on the XL Energy Center ice sheet in nope. front of the media, wasn't it? Was not that. That was not really Yeah, he said oh. he said that one was he said it wasn't rehearsed, but that one was like planned out. It okay. was it was a very controlled blow up, a uh, controlled explosion. Uh okay. no, his biggest regret in St. Louis was being not defensive enough at the end. <laughs> you know what they should have done? They should have just replaced Jake Allen earlier. They should have defense started, man. It's amazing that really what they did is replace Jake Allen with a, a goaltender that had a much better save percentage, and they went and win, won the Stanley Cup. Uh, I mean, so, don't get me wrong. Like, Mike Yo's system is, is super defensive, and perhaps they he reined in guys too much, but... Not he, enough, he, apparently. He was <laughs> He was sunk by his goaltender. Uh, anyways, uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into your listener suggestion, your listener choice, uh, and fix the NHL all-star game right after this break, right after this pause, you're listening to locked on wild. We are back on locked on wild, your Minnesota wild every day, part of the locked on podcast network. And we are taking your suggestions on this Friday uh, we got one from Ben Remington, our friend, a friend of uh, multiple shows now. Uh, he suggested that we try to fix the NHL All-Star game. So what is your quick fix or what is your big idea to fix the NHL All-Star game? What do you think's broken about it? Uh, it's boring. Three-on-three tournament's boring? I, I I think they did a lot good with it. I think the three-on-three tournament is pretty cool. I like the fact that the NHL isn't like the NFL or MLB or the NBA where it's not like they are going at it like, hey, we're going to try to make a serious game out of it or make this game count. They are trying to have some sort of fun. At the same time, like outside of that John Scott year, like I don't think I've watched the All-Star game. Hmm. It's I mean, I thought the John Scott thing was such a captivating story and just because of the drama leading up to it. And then he gets in there and then he's voted MVP. I I just, I thought the whole thing was great because it was like just a big middle finger to the NHL. So, yeah, I I, I can understand like, because like the thing is like the NHL All-Star game isn't necessarily for you, right? It's for, it's for, you know, sponsors who generally are like casual fans showing up to be seen. It's for like kids who are going to get excited about seeing, you know, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin on the same team though. I think neither of them are going to the game this year. So uh, hold on. Let me, yeah. Ovechkin's notorious for skipping out on the all-star game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but like it's, it's for like, I I think it's for kids to, to like get excited about. Um, But like, I think the skills competition Still pretty cool. I think that the three-on-three tournament is pretty nice. I I think 
that there are a lot of good things with this game, but I bet it could be better. Yeah, I know that they've added a a three-on-three tournament with women's hockey players, which I think is awesome. I think it was last year that they added, um, you know, they did, they had Kendall Coyne was going to be a part of the celebration. And I think it wasn't it McKinnon that basically skipped the speed con the, the fastest skater contest and, and Kendall Coyne Schofield was then uh, an actual participant in that, which was a really great story coming out of the NHL all-star. I mean, it was felt like, and it wasn't necessarily like the NHL did that, but mm. it was a great story out of what was otherwise a really kind of, like I said, boring weekend. I think a, a cool thing to do would be expand that further. And I think they are adding, uh, they are adding, are, are women, are women's hockey players partaking in the skills competition again this year or no? I don't know if I read it. I think they're doing a three on three tournament. I think that they're, now they might be shoehorned into like the uh, in between the different uh, games between the actual NHL divisions, but at least they're going to be featured as something, you know, yeah. to show off the, the women's game a little bit more. I think that they should be in the uh, skills competitions every year. I think that's really great. And I'll take it a step further. I would love to see the NHL all-star game have the best women's players playing alongside of them in these three on three tournaments. I'd even I would even go because the NHL All-Star game is is all about speed and there's like no hitting at all like why not just go back to 5 on 5 and just have them intermingled have like these co-ed squads go after each other and 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 just show off and have fun. Yeah, I think it would be unbelievably fun to uh to have uh, the the top NHL players and the top women's hockey players on the ice, and I think that would go a long way in the uh, the hockey's for everyone thing, right? Where like, yes, you can play and you can play together, and these are the best women's hockey players in the world. And look, they're able to keep up with the men, play alongside the men, have as much skills to show off as the men. I think that would be a really cool thing on multiple levels. I I completely agree. I think that would be really awesome. And I know that they're they've added a new skills or a new competition to the skills competition this year where it's like players are up on the concourse launching pucks into like certain targets over the the protective netting and over the crowd. It's really weird. It's like the NHL skills competition version of like big air competition. Oh, that's for snowboarding. Cool. It's it's kind of odd. It's kind of a mix between like the hit the the MLB hitting challenge where they used to have to try to place their their hits on the field. Like if you hit it down the line, it was like a triple. If you hit it into the gap, it was a double. And then you know, it was it was about like the skill and the control that hitters had, right? Yeah. And and this is more like a well, we're launching it from the concourse, and we're also going to kind of try to see how well we can place those shots as well. It's it's certainly different. I don't know how well the optics are going to be on it, but um, I like that they're trying something. I don't know if that's the event that I would say, Hey, this looks great. (laughs) You know what I want to bring back? The NHL all-star draft. They don't do that already. No, they don't. They, uh, they used to have, uh, they used to have like two captains, right. And they'd pick the, uh, the players. 
Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they did stop that because it was the, um, cause someone would finish last. Well, right. Someone would finish last, but then wasn't it also that, you know, the whole idea that every team needs a, um, needs a representative. No, Which, no, no, no. They would have the set amount of players. They would have the pool of, of all-stars and they would take them to the draft and then they would draft them. Oh, so then they would just get rid of like the division thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I think is fine. Like it would be very fun to uh to watch that play out on a four team scale. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. I know because I remember when they did like the North America versus the world back in the nineties. It got really awkward because you'd have teammates playing against each other. Um, and then I think when they did the all-star draft, again, you had teammates playing each other. And I think that was – they didn't really want that. And so that's why I think they went back to either the Western Conference or or like they do it now where they have it divided up by a division. What do you think of like what the NBA does as uh, where they have the uh, young stars game? So the second-year players versus the first-years? I think MLB does something like that. Do they do like a future stars all-star? They do that in the AHL. The NBA does that as part of their all-star weekend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm down. I think uh, that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be cool. Just anything that kind of like brings more fun into the game. I, I think, uh, I think that rules. Yeah. Like I said, the MLB does like a future stars thing. I think Alex Kirilov for the twins was like went off, I think last year's, uh, future stars game. So it is kind of fun to see those players, um, you know, who are, are, are chomping at the bit or just on the outside of, of the majors, or in this case, the NHL. And it'd be kind of fun to see that a little bit. Um, make the players wear rocket skates, make them wear rocket skates. It's yeah. 2020. Why don't we have rocket skates yet? Yeah. I, is there any, skills competition that you really really like i mean do you get do you get up for the fastest skater do you get up for the hardest shot what about the the shooting accuracy one do you do you like those kind of events i think hardest shot is kind of cool just to just to just to see them kind of push that to the absolute limit i suppose the the speed one is I don't know. It doesn't look as cool to me because it's just like it's just somebody back skating once, you know? Right. Um, but like, yeah, I, I like I, I at least like seeing the the results of those for sure. Uh, as long as the Dano Charo could at least give somebody else a chance for once, I'd be OK with the hardest shot. Look, if a 43 year old man beats you <laughs> in a competition, then it really wasn't yours to win in the first place. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, and Connor McDavid too, like, <laughs> like watching him go around the ice is kind of nuts too. Oh yeah. Like he's just absolutely incredible. Another thing that could be fixed is potentially the, the, the jerseys. Have you seen the, the jerseys for the all-star game in St. Louis? Oh, they're garbage. <laughs> they're, they're trash. And I didn't really like the ones in San Jose either. When was the last time the all-star game had jerseys you'd liked? I probably have to go back to the Oh four when Minnesota kind of did it. It had a classic so feel. I know, but that's how bad jerseys have been. They try to make them like too edgy or cool or too like neutral. Yeah. It's too neutral. I hate the neutral planet. <laughs> 
I, uh, but I think that they're hot garbage. And I, um, I mean, I, I, I remember seeing like their explanation of what the stripes are, you know, to resemble like a musical staff for the blues, but overall, like the black and white or the gray, you know, the grayscale canvas with just the, the colorized crest. And it's just so very plain. The 2017 ones were pretty plain, but uh, they had a purple and yellow one that I thought were, were both pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the, the 2015 with the, the neon green are, are real bad. Oh, ugh. Like they they almost looked like the Seattle Seahawks jerseys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, those were pukey. The ones in North Carolina are really bad. The yeah, I'm not digging any of these other than the uh, than the purple and yellow ones from 2017. Going all the way back, I think I think you're right, Joe. Those 2004 All Star jerseys were were pretty sick. Yeah, that, um, the the red. Eastern Conference one, right? Wasn't it? Or was that Western? No, it was Red Eastern. Kind of spawned the wild red jersey after that. And I suppose you can kind of thank that that all-star game for the well, wild. I think the, the more direct inspiration is the uh, the green one basically became the script logo one that we both love so much. Yeah, you're correct about that. Whew. Yeah, no, they definitely need to change that up and... I, I don't know. I haven't really been really impressed by what uh, Adidas has kind of come up with for their, uh, for their concepts, which makes me wonder, like, I know speaking about Jersey and I know this isn't really all-star game related, but I know that the NHL is looking to do like a throwback Jersey concept for all 31 NHL teams for next year. And I'm a little nervous about that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, also sounds like OAR is going to headline the Friday night concert for all-star weekend. And uh, exactly. It's just one, another sign of like the NHL, just unable to book any real celebrity. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. When was the last time? Like, like even when like they have Snoop Dogg call a game is, is that like impactful to you anymore? Like, is Snoop Dogg an A-list guy in, in 2019, 2020? Is he an A-list guy? Is he a big get? Is he a big get for the NHL? I think hmm, I think it's a different get. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's why it, it drums up so much excitement around the NHL is that it's, it's Snoop Dogg. Like, you wouldn't normally see him around an NHL rink, I you would know think. What? Do the Snoop Dogg commentary, like Snoop Dogg on uh, on color. Actually, that's not a bad idea because the uh, Snoop Dogg color commentary goes viral whenever he does it for the LA Kings, and it would be actually pretty cool to see him do color commentary for the All Star Game. Doesn't Vegas have Lil John as like one of their biggest fans too? Doesn't do they? I don't know. I think I think they do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Can you just imagine that, like, back and forth, an analyst and uh, commentary going on? Yeah, why not? Like it's some, like you said, it's something different. It's something fun. It's something that's going to get attention, and, and that's kind of what the NHL All-Star Game kind of needs is buzz 
and pizzazz because they've got the three-on-three format that's fun as hell. They have the skills competition, which is pretty fun. And they they like if they just like push it a little bit more, right? You could have something that like everyone would talk about. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. I think that we've gone and fixed it as really just uh, not having NBC do it, but just uh, bring in Snoop Dogg and Lil John to do the color commentary. Yeah, I mean, easy enough. Yeah, if we're just going to start throwing darts at a board, I mean, I think our suggestions are as good as any. Let's bring in, uh, let's just have fun with the whole thing. Let's bring in your your um, your Snoop Dogg and Lil John and just and just let it happen. Just let it happen. NBC's already pretty good about letting all the F words go off anyways. So <laughs> we need to take a break. Yeah, uh, hey, think- Shane LeClaire asked us uh, to do some draft stuff. I think it might be a little bit too early, but I think we might have something tangentially related that I hope will qualify as his listener's choice. Yeah, so we're actually going to get into some of the wild prospects that showed up on on Corey Promen's midseason rankings. Um, so I hope you come back after the break to listen to that. And uh, let's let's actually run right into that break now. Uh, you are listening to Locked On Wild. Can we wrap up the podcast talking about Minnesota with uh, with their prospect rankings on this Corey Promen list? It's like you're reading my mind because I was going to go right over to Corey Promen's list and and kind of let's take a look at where the wild prospects are kind of laying uh, on his list because it's uh, it's kind of intriguing where uh, where wild prospects line up. Yeah, so preseason, Kirill Kaprizov kind of uh, came in a little low for for what I thought he should be at because. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually had a, a long discussion about this on, on 10K Rings Radio when, when his first prospect list came out before the season. He sure. was all the way down at 40. Right now, he's ninth. And I, I think that is the right spot for him at this point. Um, okay. If you don't count all the prospects that graduated to the NHL, that puts him at 24th. And I think that's a much better placing for Kaprizov on this list because I get having like the uh, the fatigue factor a little bit with Kaprizov, but sure. at the same time, like you cannot deny what he's been able to do in Russia, and he's doing it again. Like uh, he's either the leader in goals or he's right up there, all over again. He's uh, almost a point per game player, if not a point uh, per game player, straight up in Russia right now, um, doing really incredible. Uh, Twenty two years old. And, and dominating in Russia. He is precisely a point-per-game player with 23 goals and 20 <laughs> assists in yeah. 43 games. Um, so, yeah, uh, ninth on this midseason list strikes me as right. I would agree, and I like what Corey Pronman says. Um, he's, a, he gets, he's a guy that gets lots of chances and goals from the tough areas of the ice, and I'm – it doesn't feel like there's enough wild players that do that. And I just hope that that's something that as the physicality picks up in North America, that that'd be something that uh, could translate as well. And so I think that's really going to be the telling factor when he does get over to Minnesota is if he can elevate his game and and play that same style, then yeah, he's going to be everything that the wild absolutely have, have starved for ever since they drafted him. He kind of reads like a young Zach Parise. A little bit, yeah. I think he's got way more shooting talent because Preezy, Preezy, I wouldn't say has like that that deadly wrist shot that uh, 
that maybe Kaprizov has, but and Prezi's, you know, he's he's so skilled around the net that that's where he makes his bank. Whereas Kaprizov is the guy that goes to tough areas, but he can also let loose a wrister that's just sick and deadly that'll that'll beat those goaltenders that you know from in close and and whatnot as well. But remember, like we didn't see Parise until he was twenty eight. And that was after he had a, a pretty traumatic injury that knocked him out for a year. Before that, he was an 80, 90 point guy. Okay. He had 45 goals in a season. So, like, I, like that, that's what I'm talking about with, I mean, like, God, like, 45 goals that's setting the bar real high. But just, like, the way that, that he reads comes off to me as, as someone who, like, kind of compares mm-hmm. to the skill set in, in terms of the tenacity and skill. Absolutely. I think we're all excited about him. All right. Uh, the next one is, I think, probably uh, contentious, right? Because this is maybe <laughs> the most controversial prospect in the yeah. wild system. Matt Boldy, who came into the season as the number 14th overall prospect, controversial off the bat because of the uh, the passing on Cole Caulfield, which a lot of wild fans were absolutely drooling over before the season, runs into some struggles at the beginning of the season, uh, has a has a really slow start. Picks up four points in his last four games, so he is uh, he is he is rebounding. He's heating up, and I did tweet out today that he is one of only three freshmen in college right now who are averaging three shots a game. So, like he's been uh, he's been doing really good and getting chances. And I think Corey Promen drops him a bit down to twenty three, but at the same time, like. Still, 23, uh, 23rd overall with as rough of a start that you have, like, I think that's fair. I think that's a, a fair combination of, of hedging mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, uh, having trust in the prospect. Yeah, I guess the one thing that Pranaman does say that at least I like seeing is that BC, Boston College, that is, is using Boldy as and putting him out there as like one of its best players. Now, hopefully he heats up and, and can reward them for that, but he is being put on a top line and, and, and he's on a top team and he's being used as, as their top, one of their top players. And that's, that's what you want to see. And and maybe that's why he struggled, but um, you just got to let maybe hopefully he just needs to settle in on that. Another thing I like seeing is that Promen seems to be high on him as a center, like he's not saying that the reason why his production hasn't been where it, it is, it is, is that he's in a position he shouldn't be playing. Wild certainly would need him to be a center, I think. And in the NHL, I mean, they've swung and miss on these centers for, well, they've just done it too many times. Yeah. I think Boldy could still be like really good as a wing. Like, uh, like I, I, I keep having in my head, right. Uh, Alex Tuck is a comparison, but, um, I, yeah, I, I think, I, I think having Alex Tuck as a center, Ooh boy, you're really cooking there. And then the last one that made the list, we have three prospects on this list. Who would have thought we'd be here now, but look at <laughs> us. Uh, Alexander Hovanov is, yeah. uh, 65th on the list. And I think, uh, I think that's pretty well deserved. He's certainly having a great year and it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like Pronman's really reacting over. He's not overreacting to the really, really strong season that Havana is putting forth. And 
Um, you know, he's definitely gone through some struggles since he was drafted. And, uh, but, and, and this year he's really taken off. So I would like to see him continue to, to rise up this, um, this, this prospect chart as he goes along. Um, but I think 65 is pretty much right on, right on the, uh, right on the nuts there for, um, probably about where he should be. I mean, the Q is a high scoring league, uh, and it's 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 absolutely insane, and um, and Havanov is is certainly one of those players that is definitely intriguing for the Minnesota Wild. All right, Tony, where can we find you? You can find me at Oh Hi Tony on Twitter. You can also find my work at theAthletic.com, and you can follow my work on ZoneCoverage.com. Uh, we've got Brandon Warren breaking down. The big news of Josh Donaldson signing with the Twins, and you have all my wild work, of course, as well as Giles Farrell, and and so much more going on at ZoneCoverage.com. Uh, you can also follow me personally on Twitter at JoeBoo15. If you like today's show, awesome. Go ahead and please hit that subscribe button so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode, so you don't have to do any more work. Also, leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Lockdown Wild. Thank you for listening to Lockdown Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday. Remember, Fridays are our listener choice segments, so please send in your topics uh, early in the week. So we appreciate those. We appreciate everybody that sent in their their suggestions this time. but yeah, make sure to stay uh, and check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day.